You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back to the I Love Gold podcast. Uh, I am returning as your co-host, Tyler Brooke. Uh, joined alongside Chris Burke. Uh, Chris, I apologize in advance to you and the listeners for the audio quality. Uh, I am still in Florida for the holidays. Uh, my house is full of people watching movies and yelling, so I am sitting on the back patio uh, with like, you know, crickets chirping and everything. Really peak acoustic quality out here. Well, we can just we can just blame it on Florida. Everything weird happens in Florida. Um, so you can actually be Florida man right now. So I mean, if you're going to I mean, if you want to, you know, commit any type of shenanigans that could be, you know, hilarious, now's the time to do it before you go back to Indiana. Oh, my little brother is also in town, so we've been talking about all the crazy ways we can do Florida man stuff. You know, maybe we can take some kind of amphetamines and, like, fight the first animal we see. That's usually how most of them start, right? It seems like it. Maybe we'll just go to a gas station and just, like, sit there for 30 minutes and wait for something to happen. And then, you know, there's always something going on at a Florida gas station, it feels like. (laughs) Yeah, and I think you could. I think the craziest story I think I've seen is somebody picked up an alligator and put it in their car on the side of the road. Cop pulled them over and was like, "Holy crap, you have an alligator in your car!" <laughs> it's like, why? Why would you do that? Like it was you not and, like a baby gator. Like this is a full blown alligator. If you want to know what kind of Florida man you are, I would highly encourage anyone listening uh, Google Florida man and your birthday, and you'll always find some pretty interesting. Like, who's your Florida man? Find the top search result on your birthday. Um, that's always a fun little game to play. I'm sure it updates yearly too, because you know there's always a new Florida man story. Yeah, Urban Meyer, probably the most recent Florida man. Um, <laughs> so I, <laughs> you oh, know, but yeah, me, now that his career his career has gone down the toilet, so we'll have to see. Maybe is Bruce Aaron's up to something? Oh, that's fun. Brady. Maybe I'll go Gronk. see. Maybe I'll go see what. Maybe I'll go see what Bruce Aaron's up to. Like, hey, by the way, if you uh, want to just give everyone COVID right before they play the Packers, the NFC championship would be pretty cool. Anyway. Yeah. We're, you know, we're a weird energy podcast today it is the day after Christmas weekend. Uh, I think, I don't think anyone that worked today wanted to be working, but here we are. Uh, this doesn't feel like work, right? Chris, like this is always great. Just chat, chatting Packers. Well, exactly. And I actually took the week off. Um, to, our fiscal year, our fiscal year ends at the end of January and I had like five or six more days to burn. So this was the week to do it. Um, most most of our vendors that I deal with are shut down this week anyway, so why not? Yeah, none of my brands I manage want to talk to me this week either, so totally understandable. Uh, let's go ahead and get into the game. Obviously, a big another big win despite the ending uh, for the Green Bay Packers, who are now the number one seed, or at least retain the one seed in the NFC. Uh, I just got to – I wanted to start this off first and foremost. You know, obviously there were a lot of concerns from this game and things like that, but you know, I, feel, I feel the negativity creeping in from the fan base. And I don't like it. I think perspective is always so important. I mean, again, we're talking about the number one team, not just the NFC, in the NFL. And they have basically an entire game to play with. Yeah, you know, I, I'm not, you know, at this point of the year, you know, they're just trying to lock down the, the one seed. You got two regular season games left. I think that negative, you know, it's, I'm not so worried about the quality of wins right now. I just want them to win. 
you know, once you get into yeah. the playoffs, survive in advance, survive in advance. Um, but I think also the other side of this, I think, you know, just to do a little amateur psychiatry lesson here, I think with the playoffs approaching and the way the Packers seasons have ended the last few few times they've been in the playoffs, I think there's a, just a, people are starting to get a little nervous. Um, you know, just, oh, how, where's the heartbreak going to come? They're starting to try and figure out where the heartbreak's going to come this time. Um, and that's really probably not, that's a, I hate saying this, but that's kind of a polluted mindset <laughs> to steal a Mike McCarthy saying, but yeah. I think that's where that's some of that's coming from. But at this point, just win. I really don't care um, about efficiency and all that. Just, just win the games right now, get into the playoffs. Obviously, you know, if there's some trends, you know, we'll talk about as, as we go on today, but you know, there's some trends that might be concerning, but I'm really not too overly concerned with how they're winning. Just, just get the wins at this point. Yeah, I think the other thing to pay attention to, too, is you think about the rest of the NFC and the NFL. I mean, everyone's dealing with something right, right now, right? I mean, you look at Tampa Bay, you know, they're dealing with all of these injuries all of a sudden. You'll say Godwin's out for the year, Evans, Fournette, Shaq Barrett out for the regular season, and, you know, who knows possibly beyond. So it could be a lot worse. Um, you know, they have, you know, knock on wood. Uh, do I have wood out here? Here we go. There, there we go. Uh, um you know, they're staying relatively healthy the last few weeks, just waiting for guys to get back, which is the important part. So, you know, we'll see what happens there. Uh, as far as starting things off on a positive note, uh, I can't believe I'm saying this, but can we start about the special teams? Because it feels like them not having any major screw-ups is like a pretty big win. Yeah, one one penalty, but they were a non-factor, which is a huge win. Um, you know, that. what else can you really say? Mason Crosby didn't miss an extra point. Um, field goal, the kicking operation looked good. Um, Bajorquez looked, looked fine. So if for them just being a non, you know, if they're, if they were competent, that's a major win for them. So hopefully that's a stepping stone in the right, a step in the right direction. Yeah. The kicking has stood out to me the past few weeks. Cause I mean, that kicking operation could not figure itself out for the life of them. You bring in a new long snapper halfway through the season. And that was a mess for a couple of weeks. But I feel like we, you know, with all the special teams and misfires, I don't think maybe for the last month, four, three or four games, you know, we haven't had any issues on the kicking side. Uh, that feels like a good thing to have, especially when one of these playoff games might come down to a potential game winning field goal. Yeah, and Crosby's kicks have been accurate. They're not, you know, they're not scraping the upright. They've been, you know, if not dead on, pretty close. So yeah, that's obviously reassuring, you know, because at the rate things were going, it's thinking like, it's going to be a special teams thing this year. It's like I said, that's how our hearts are going to get ripped out. Speaking of <laughs> deep-seated buried negativity, I thought it's going to be freaking <laughs> special teams this year. But uh, that's how that's how our hearts get broken. But no, um, they've, they've looked better, and uh, hopefully that is an indicator of things to come. Still think, you know, the body of work is going to out, you know, outweigh the, the positives the last few weeks. I still think a change is going to need to be made, but uh, just just don't blow it as kind of the – expectation which is the lowest really you can have at this point fingers crossed it's all hands on deck at this point i am very curious to see what goes on with the return game uh you know obviously you know we'll talk about it a little bit later but amari rogers is likely not to be available um this weekend against minnesota uh there's a chance but it doesn't seem likely that he'll play uh, it makes you wonder who will fill in for him uh, could it be chandon sullivan on punt uh, i don't know who it would be on kickoff maybe he takes kickoff um that that's one part of the game where you know Amari is so frustrating. I'm actually am curious to see someone else out there. 
Yeah, they they did bring in a couple people for tryouts. They brought in Deadman, um, and then just before we went live, just before we started recording, uh, care I'm gonna I'm gonna mispronounce this. Was it Kareth White? Um, he was already on the Packers once before. Um, there he visited the team, so I think they're gonna be looking at. They're gonna probably looks like they're at least trying to find somebody because Randall Cobb would be your backup option, but he's hurt. So I don't know um, who exactly would be. I mean, I thought MVS. I think an MVS is a returner. I think that might be kind of dumb right now. You know, that's kind of where I was leaning before, but I don't know if I, he might be too valuable to the offense to risk putting him on special teams, but um, they'll, they'll find somebody. I mean, if, if they return a kick for a touchdown in the next couple of weeks, I might do something incredibly stupid and videotape it. I don't know what it will be, but if they, if that actually does happen, I'd be shocked. So uh, they're not looking for someone that's going to tilt the field. They just need somebody competent at this point. So. They'll, they'll find can we somebody, bring, I'm, I'm sure. Can we bring back the OBJ bet where you dye your hair blonde? Because that would be pretty fun. That probably is a safer bet. I was thinking something stupid because even dumber, like it's it's going to be January, it's Wisconsin, it's cold. I was going to go streaking, but that might get me arrested and probably fired from <laughs> APC. Um, so I'm probably, probably committing a misdemeanor. Uh, probably isn't a good idea, but maybe I will put that on. Maybe I will pin that as a tweet. You know, I'll put that out after we get done recording tonight. But I think, yeah, we'll do it. So everybody listening <laughs> can hold me to this. If the Packers return a kick for a touchdown, either via punt or a kickoff, I will dye my hair blonde. We will do the OBJ bet. So um, hopefully, oh, we, got, we got two, two regular Mo, Mo is listening. Let's go. I, I will. I will extend it for the entire run of whenever their season ends. So I'm trying to think how many games is that? Uh, you know, let's assume they get the one seed. So it's two regular so it's season one, two, division, three, five. five. Okay, okay. That seems fair. All right. All right, let's yeah, we go. Don't do, I'll be we don't record this. We don't do video um, when we record, so we might have to change that just for, you yeah. know, I'll, I'll, do any, I'll do anything for a laugh. It's, it's just who I am. <laughs> well, special teams is, you know, you can laugh, you can cry, but thank goodness we don't have to, you know, wallow in it for you know at least uh at least one week so moving on to the defense uh i you know obviously packers fans have dealt with a lot of very frustrating packers defensive performance performances uh this might go down as the weirdest one i've ever watched because it's hard to say that the defense had a bad game and say that like convincingly while at the same time they had four interceptions and five sacks but i mean when you're giving up almost 220 rushing yards they're averaging almost nine yards a carry I, I can, I, I believe fully that it was not a good game from the defense. I would, I would definitely agree with that. Uh, you generated the turnovers. Yes. But some of those throws by Baker Mayfield were awful. Um, that was not a result of scheme. That was a result of poor quarterbacking. Um, and then as far as the run defense, just getting gashed. Um, I mean, at least to Matt LaFleur's credit, he recognized it right away. You know, he didn't give coach speak answers like, yeah, we're going to look at it. We, you know, we got some stuff to clean up. We'll see what we can do. He flat out said, you know, this is our worst tackling performance we've had all year. I mean, that the, the, the angle some people were taking to trying to bring down Nick Chubb were just, they were Pop Warner level awful, you know, in terms of fundamentals. So obviously I think they know they got a problem. I'm confident they can fix that problem. I would be willing to bet they come out a little more sharp uh, against the Vikings on Sunday. But yeah, I would definitely agree that was not, on the whole, not a good performance. 
Yeah, I think Nick Chubb deserves some credit in that regard, too, because, I mean, they're playing without a lot of starting offensive linemen. He's just a physical beast. I mean, ever since I – mean, I don't know if you've ever seen the picture of him running track in high school. Uh, Terrifying-looking mm-hmm. mm-hmm. human being. Uh, so, you know, just the way he runs very hard, it is very hard to bring him down. So he absolutely does deserve some credit. I do think, like you said, I definitely think it was a matter of effort and, like, mentality. Hard to be fired up on Christmas Day. I feel like when you're playing an inferior opponent, uh, you know, what a weird season for the Browns. But, you know, their identity the past few seasons has been running it down people's throats. They did that very effectively. Uh, I do wonder, You obviously Kenny Clark played, like, the vast majority of the game. That's hard for a nose tackle to do. Um, I don't know if it was his best game. I wonder if that was playing an impact as well. Yeah, you know, he came came off the COVID list pretty late um, as well. So, you know, something to keep in mind there. Uh, definitely not a good defensive line performance. I think, you know, we were starting to get, you know, we were, I was, you know, earlier in the season, I was kind of banging the drum that they need to get Kenny Clark a buddy on that defensive line. Um, Lowry played better. Um, Slayton played a little better. But, you know, I think I need to renew that call now that I think it's probably near the top of my wish list for the draft again is going to be a defensive lineman if they can't. You know, maybe maybe good cuts can find a veteran, a veteran D lineman, but I think it's gonna have to be a draft pick. But yeah, Kenny Kenny needs a buddy, especially because the it started. I got very 2019 vibes from that defensive performance with the run game. I'll give you a name just because I've been doing a lot of draft scouting. You know, I haven't watched a ton of D linemen. Like it's not a very top heavy class. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. But there's a guy at Houston. His name is Logan. I want to say Logan Hall. I'm gonna look it up. Sorry, guys. I know know, this isn't the best for podcasting, but yeah, it's Logan Hall. Uh, Very interesting D lineman. Definitely like a five. He's like 6'6", 276 pounds. Um, Just like one of those really long bodies that can kind of like hold his own. That would be a guy I definitely wouldn't mind them taking a look at, uh, you know, either end of the first end of the second. Um, As you know me, I'm all about finding that replacement for Henry Black or Chance Sullivan. uh, And this kid out of Baylor named Jalen Petrie. I just can't get enough of. If you follow me on Twitter, you've probably heard me talk about him like, you know, six or seven times at this point. Uh, I don't mean to get off on a draft tangent, Chris. I apologize. I just, I, you know, that's my favorite part of the football season. Yeah, no, it's just, yeah, just uh, definitely a one one a need in terms of safety and D linemen for sure. It's going to be a yet another defensive pick, but uh, what else are we going to, what else can we do? Um, but yeah, I would definitely say, you know, they, they, they need a buddy for Kenny. Um and, you know, they were definitely helped by Baker Mayfield is such a streaky quarterback. And I also do have to give a little credit um, to Kevin Stefanski. I thought he actually called a called a decent game. So, you know, you got to give the opponent credit. It's just not um, malpractice on the Packers part. It took balls on that final Browns drive to spend your two for beginning of your two minute drill running the ball. I mean, they got all the way to midfield just running with Nick Chubb. And, you know, I'm actually kind of floored they didn't stick to that strategy. I think they threw an incompletion on like a first down. And I was like, well, that was a huge mistake. You should have just kept running it. Uh, that ended up flipping the you know script for them. They had to keep throwing. And that's what led to the Russell Douglas interception to seal it. Uh, speaking of which, uh, when did they build the statue? Before or after the season's over, right? Oh, boy. What a what a value signing. I will say it again. How was this guy on a practice squad? It's almost, a, it's, it's almost become a thing at this point. Uh, another, another, another hero play from him. Um, Aaron Rodgers couldn't sing praises enough. He said it was probably an all-time mid-season pickup, um, I believe is what Rodgers said. So it, he's, he's not only changed the defense, but he's changed the team. And for, for praise like that out of a three, soon-to-be four-time MVP, uh, you know, there, there's no higher praise. 
saw a great quote uh trying to find it i'll just paraphrase it i'm sorry it's not completely accurate but there was a quote about rasul douglas basically saying how much he loves to jump route he'll let his safeties know like when he's planning on jumping a route just in case it's incorrect and then i think the quote was like you know if my safety's not there i just have to pray that god is there to save me and i just thought that was what a quote i mean that one of the things about guys that get a lot of interceptions you see this with douglas you see this with trayvon diggs you have to be willing to be wrong you know, if you're, you know, they will get bit, uh, bit on double moves from time to time. But that's how you get as many interceptions as they had. And that's a philosophy choice, right? Like, is giving up the explosive plays worth it for the turnovers? Yeah, high high risk, high reward. You know, I, I not to put it in layman's terms. Yeah, I mean, again, just what a season. Absolutely love him on the team. Uh, who knows if they'll re-sign him? He's made so much money this year. It's going to be difficult, especially if they're trying to extend Jair. And obviously, Devontae Adams has got to come back. You know, just find any way to happen with there. But, you know, I, do you have anything else about the defense? Again, it's just a, a very weird game. Uh, five sacks was pretty cool as well. Yeah, that's true, too. You know, pass, pass rush was Preston Smith again, um, have, showing and having a nice game. Fantastic bounce back here from him. But just the fun of the fundamental tackling, um, something I think that definitely needs to be addressed. And I'm going to assume uh, they'll get that cleaned up. I haven't seen that poor of a tackling performance um, since Joe Barry's taken over. You know, week week one we burned the tape on that game never happened. But just uh, just a, yeah, like you said, a weird weird performance. Um, but on the you know, on the heel of that Ravens game, am I concerned a little bit? Eh, maybe, but they're making plays when they have to, um, and it's not by luck. They're making the plays. So uh, concern, yeah. concern level, probably low, low grade right now, but something to watch. Hopefully they get some of these guys back, man. You know, Jair's been at practice. Uh, he might get activated off IR this week. Uh, fingers crossed. Just even getting one guy back will be huge. So, you know, time will tell. Uh, and the other thing is we talked about the poor tackling performance. Uh, Pro Football Focus had the Packers as the best tackling team in the NFL. I don't, I think that is still the case. But for them to have such an off-character game tackling, it's just that's very weird. Yeah, that's that's like I, you know, one one game does not make, you know, you don't want to mash the panic button. Now, if they, I mean, Delvin Cook is, I'm going to presume he might play. Uh, well, he might. Uh, is he going? Is he going to play Sunday? Well, we we don't know with the way the protocols are evolving, but you know they they're going to have they're going to be tested again against Minnesota, so that'll be something to watch. Definitely will be. Let's go ahead and move on to the offense. Uh, you know, another again, not maybe not the best performance uh, in the second half, but the first half was awesome. We got a couple records broken. Aaron Rodgers breaking the franchise record for career touchdowns, surpassing Brett Favre. Got a very enthusiastic Brett Favre on the jumbotron. You know, congratulating Rodgers, um, and then obviously uh, Rodgers to Devontae, breaking Rodgers to Jordan or Jordy uh, for franchise touchdowns between a duo. Um, back to the Brett Favre thing, though. Um, that that might have been the least enthusiastic congratulations I've ever heard. Yeah, it's eleven. The, the clip was eleven seconds, and uh, yeah, go get us another Super Bowl. Ha ha. Pause for laughs. Pause for cheers. You know, just it was. You know, Favre has always said it's, it hasn't been about the records, but I you kind of may almost think you know that one might have hurt him a little bit, especially, <laughs> you know, with considering Rogers. You know how how short amount of time he's had to break you know to break that. You know he sat his first three years, 
He's missed basically the equivalent of another year between the two collarbone injuries in 13 and 17. Uh, so, and they, you know, he's missed, he's missed a couple other games with COVID or a concussion. Um, just the, how he's broke, how he's gone about breaking that record in less time is just remarkable. Um, and it, he's not done either. The, the thing that floors me is the difference in interceptions on the broadcast. They showed that graphic. It was like Favre when he hit that had two hundred and like eighty three interceptions, something like that. And, yeah, and Rogers uh, has, has ninety three. Yeah, and he's I not even a triple digits. When, <laughs> I remember the joke when Rogers broke four hundred touchdowns was like, "Oh, will he get to five hundred touchdowns before hundred interceptions?" If he keeps playing, he might. I mean, <laughs> there's a legitimate possibility he could hit five hundred touchdowns before he hits you know hundred interceptions. Which was just absolutely remarkable. Obviously, he leads the. You know, NFL career record and touchdown to interception ratio by a, a country mile. Um, it's really incredible stuff. And then obviously the Devontae Adams record. I mean, the connection between those two has been something, you know, I don't think I've ever seen from a quarterback and wide receiver. And I've watched Peyton and Marvin Harrison growing up. It's just the connection those two and their off script stuff is what's truly incredible. Well, we, we never thought we'd see something, you know, like Rodgers and Jory. It's like, boy, that, that connection is crazy. And I think it's unbelievable that. Rodgers and Devontae, same, same thing. Just, I don't know how they do it, but they've, they've clicked in a way that is unstoppable. Like you don't keep Devontae Adams down for an entire game. You just can't. They'll, they find a way. Um, so it's, you know, it was great, great to see him break that record. Um, you know, it's kind of funny that afterwards Rodgers, you know, kind of sheepishly, maybe, uh, maybe not. I don't know if he said, uh, it was like, I got to say, you know, now, now I got to say Devontae Adams is the best player he's ever played with. And I don't know if you saw the reaction of Charles Woodson on Twitter. I today. did, yeah. He's like, he's like, <laughs> I'm, you know, the, the, the little kid is laughing and then crying. Oh, just a great reaction to that. No slight against Chuck. Um, still one of the all-time great Packers. And I know Rodgers didn't mean, mean that as a dig to, to Woodson. But, God, I mean, Devontae Adams is, I mean, top two, definitely not two. Love Woodson, man. Um, I like that he has a good sense of humor about it as well. I mean, you know, again, two easily two of the best players Rodgers ever gotten to play with. Uh, and it was another MVP performance from Rodgers, right? Three touchdowns, no interceptions, no sacks, which is absolutely wild considering the offensive line they're playing on. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the Vegas odds episode today. Um, Rodgers is far and away the favorite to win MVP. Uh, feels deserving, right? Oh yeah, I mean, with with how many moving pieces they've had throughout the year, absolutely. Uh, he's he's kept making it run, uh, having another phenomenal year uh, under under Matt Lafleur, uh, who also should be coach of the year. By the way, I will bang that drum, um, and I will be writing either this week or next um, about why the oh he has Aaron Rodgers' excuse to keep Matt Lafleur from winning coach of the year is an utter bullshit argument. Um, so keep it keep an eye out for that, but. Uh, yeah, another another special year, you know, especially considering the off, the way the offseason went. Not even sure if he'd be back in Green Bay this year. Uh, to see it end with an MVP is uh, pretty cool. So I was going to say, you know, before, a couple weeks ago, I think I could have understood the argument for Bill Belichick winning it, right? I mean, rookie quarterback, you know, a lot of new players, new faces, and just, you know, really. The fact that they're falling off, uh, I, I don't know how you don't give it to LaFleur. Uh, the only other candidates I can think of right now are Frank Reich, Indy, or even, I think there's even an argument to be made for Flores in Miami if they finish the season and keep winning. Um, well, we are recording this Monday night, so the, we haven't even watched the Dolphins game yet. Um, 
I, it's got to be Lafleur. All the injuries and adversity, and it, I, I, I'm curious for people's takes outside of Packers fandom. Um, but I just, I don't, I don't see it. They're the best team in the NFL. He's the first coach ever with 12 straight regular season wins in three straight seasons. It's just everything he does has been incredible. Well, and, you know, and I think we can make a case too for Brian Gutekunst for executive of the year, which is an irony factor considering Rodgers winning MVP and Gutekunst winning executive of the year in the same season after everything that went on would be hilarious. Um, I mean, that's, that's peak irony and peak comedy right there, but, uh, yeah, I'm feeling the MVP vibes. I'm feeling the coach of the year vibes. And I really think, you know, between Devondre Campbell and getting Rasul Douglas, I think Gutekunst has made a case for himself as well. Ooh, here's a question I did not write down, but now that you brought it up. Which of those three is the most deserving of their award? Oh, man. It's like asking to pick a favorite child. I don't even have kids. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I, would, I would honestly have to say Matt LaFleur. Um, you know, with all the noise that went on going on around Rodgers, you know, keeping the team's eyes on the ball, that Rodgers situation could have really split that locker room, but he's he's kept it together. And, I mean, that's another reason I don't think he gets nearly enough credit is the culture that he's helped establish. I mean, having a talent MVP helps, but that locker room, I mean, Matt LaFleur has dragged the entire franchise into the 21st century um, for how it was run under Mike McCarthy. So uh, I really think he's probably the most deserving of the three. And I think maybe Gutekunst would probably be second just from uh, sticking, you know, for just getting Rodgers back and how they've been able to keep the train moving. I'm going to go Gutekunst. I'm, I'm just look, thinking about everything that's happened this offseason. And, you know, you start with the first round pick and Eric Stokes, too. You know, he has some blemishes, but in my mind, as far as rookie cornerbacks go, he has been phenomenal. Um, other draft picks include Josh Myers. I think he got hurt. Royce Newman, you know, we can talk smack. I think he is improving, and he has been a starter all season. He's been their only, which is wild, their only offensive lineman to play all year. You know, you got T.J. Slayton in the mix. So some guys that are just contributing from that draft class. You got the Devondre Campbell signing, and you got the Rasul Douglas signing. You got the Randall Cobb trade, even if we want to credit that to Rodgers. And on top of all that, you convinced 12 to come back, and he's happy. So I all of that, that to me, that screams executive of the year. And if you give it to uh, – who's the Rams GM need is that right you give it to him just because he traded for a bunch of superstars that wanted to go to Los Angeles that's bogus no and I think um and I think in hindsight not quite not quite ready to declare yet but I think I think something's telling me here that missing out on Odell Beckham Jr. might be a blessing in disguise I mean he's played well for the Rams but I just I'm getting this sixth sense feeling like a disturbance in the force that some kind of a blow up is coming and it's going to hurt the Rams in the playoffs. Oh, don't forget that Odell Beckham also helped the Packers in a big way too. His only good game with the Rams so far came in at a defeat or a win over the Arizona Cardinals, which helped the Packers secure that one seed. So never forget that either. He somehow helped out the Packers without being a Packer. Uh, you know, so thanks that's, Odell. That's, a, that's a fair play. Fair play. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, well, we just got off on a total tangent about awards and things yep. like that. Um <laughs> Only other thing I had about the offense, felt like the second half, they just got way too cutesy. I remember there's that one drive that started with an abysmal negative 10-yard rush from EQ. Um, I'm wondering, do you think any of it had to play with Rodgers' toe? Because obviously it got stepped on in the first half. He did not look comfortable after that. I mean, he still threw the ball well, but that second half just seemed very odd. Yeah, I, you know, that's that's the only logical conclusion I could really draw is because, you know, he – his toe must because he's probably not able to step into throws because that 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 game plan was way too screen heavy 
on the second half. They were short pass, short pass, short pass, and they were not getting anywhere. Whereas, you know, Cleveland can be had, you know, you start running some shallow, either some slants or some shallow crossing routes. But, you know, Rodgers has to be able to step into that in order to time the throw correctly. And if his toe was hurt, maybe that's why they didn't go to that. Uh, but regarding that EQ St. Brown play, I love the design, but Cleveland read that all the way. Um, might yeah. be something to maybe keep in the back pocket, but I mean, I love the play design. Just uh, it didn't work. So I, A for, A for effort at least. I did love those toss concepts they kept running. They were just running them down Cleveland's face. They're seeing a ton of success with it until Cleveland started selling out on them. Um, just another play I really enjoyed. Uh, I think they tried to stick with it too long, but, you know, that's not here on there. Uh, let's go ahead and take a quick break. Uh, we will get into our regular current updates uh, just shortly. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, we are back, and Chris, the Gold Zone updates, baby. They are, you know, we are in full swing, man. Uh, I think we get to keep the. I think we get to keep the title for the show another year. Yeah, that's uh, that is a fantastic, um, fantastic development. I know we had talked, we tossed around other ideas, but thank God we can keep the name one more year. Um, three out of four um, really started moving up quite a bit. I think they're up to what fourteenth now. Um, yeah, tied, this year, and I think yeah. in the last few weeks, they've got to be really up there in terms of the last few weeks. I think fifth, right? Yeah, so they're fifth in touchdown percentage over the last three games. It's something like 76, 77% touchdown percentage of the red zone. Those are exactly the kind of numbers they're looking for. I think they finished all last year with about 80%. It was something astronomical, something completely unattainable. They were naturally going to regress to the mean this year. Shout out to reporting as eligible. Um, but yeah, it was. They're really starting to find their groove down there. It's exactly what you wanted to see the whole season. Uh, that's one of those trends where you're talking about, you know, getting hot in the playoffs. You know, maybe some things aren't going your way in the last couple of games. Games are getting closer than you'd like. But the red zone offense being efficient cannot be overstated how huge that will become playoffs. Yeah, not not much else you can really say there. So I, it's, um, you know, and Crosby made his field goal. So I mean that that didn't go. That didn't hurt. So, you know, if they can, if they can go three out of four and get the field goal, you know, that's, that's 24 points right there. And the defense can play the way they are. That's, that's a decent chunk of, uh, you know, it's a decent, decent amount of points to get, um, to go where they want to go. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. Um, yeah. So keep an eye on that. Let's hope that trend continues. Uh, red zone defense is, you know, continuing to get stopped at least one stop every game. It feels like ever since, that whole running thing about, you know, them not getting any stops in the red zone. Uh, you know, just the red area is important. That's how you win football games. You're starting to see that. Uh, moving on to panning for gold. 
Uh, Packers positives, my favorite, Chris. Um, I got to go with Devontae Adams, top two, not two, like we said. Um, I found this stat from Greg Harvey on Twitter, and I had to share it on our podcast because it absolutely blows me away. Obviously, another huge game from him, you know, two touchdowns, you know, just all over the place. Um, here is a great statistic. The number of seasons with 1,300 receiving yards, 100 catches, and 10 receiving touchdowns. Devontae Adams has three of those seasons in the last four years. Uh, Baltimore, Buffalo, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Jacksonville, uh, Las Vegas, Los Angeles Chargers, Miami, New England, New Orleans, Philly, Seattle, Tampa Bay, Tennessee, and Washington combined have zero in the history of their franchises. That is 872 combined franchise seats. That just shows you how utterly dominant Devontae has been, you know, the last four years. I mean, that's, you know, and you, you think about, you go back to how he, where he was when he started, you know, as a rookie, 2014, you know, he didn't see the field much. He had that really bad year in 15. People were calling for him to get cut. Janice over Adams, which is probably going to go down as one of the worst takes um, in the history of, about the Green Bay Packers. Um just, just to see how far he's come, you know, I'm, I'm proud of the guy. Um, stuck with it. Rodgers stuck with him. You know, sometimes Rodgers can lose patience with some receivers, but he knew Devontae had talent, and boy, has he turned into be, I'd say, probably the second greatest receiver in Packers history behind Don Hudson, um, which is not, which, you know, that's that's not an insult to Adams because Hudson was just unbelievable. But, uh, yeah, just he's uh, seeing him develop that way, and I, I hope to God they keep him, keep him around because uh, – He's a special talent, special person. Do you remember that first playoff game he had against Dallas? Um, it was, I feel like in my eyes, it was the first time I ever saw Devontae Adams. And I went, who is this guy? It was his rookie year. Uh, he had 117 yards and a touchdown against Dallas, including like a, his touchdown was a 46-yard scamper. And I just remember thinking like, you know, if he can get it together and start having games like that, you know, obviously the drops came and he was having issues his first couple of seasons, but you saw the flashes a couple of times and just to see how he's grown into the best wide receiver in football. There's no way he's not a hall of famer at this point already in his career. Yeah. I mean, how can you like not beam with pride as a Packers fan? Well, exactly. You know, everybody talks about that game as the Des Bryant game, but really, you know, I don't know what it is about future hall of fame Packers against the Cowboys, you know, showing up, you know, Aaron Rodgers in 07. And then he had Devontae Adams in 14, although it took him a couple more years, whereas Rodgers was playing the next year um, before Adams turned it on. But, uh, man, uh, yeah, how can, how can you not be happy with that? Just a phenomenal talent. And uh, you want to talk about, you know, the draft and develop philosophy working. He was a second-round pick. And after that disastrous sophomore season, you know, would have landed him on the roster, you know, on the hot seat. But the, uh, Thompson and McCarthy stuck with him. And, uh They've Brian Budikens to Matt LaFleur have uh, reaped the benefit. Yeah, I was I was told that um wow, I don't even know what's going on there. Um I just totally spaced man. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, it's I think it's the uh, I'm on island time. You know, I'm in Florida, it's nice out, you know, something's chirping out here. Uh, it's hard to focus when the weather's nice, not to brag. Well, well, and I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna piss off an entire state here. But you know, just with all the headlines that come out of Florida, I'm convinced your IQ drops by ten points when you step in that state. I mean, it's nowhere near <laughs> like Alabama, but um, it's uh, don't don't feel bad, man. It's, it's the environment. So anybody who's listening that's a Packer fan from Florida, no offense. I love the state. I love. I I I've been down there. I, it's 
just having some fun. So don't, uh, I don't, don't, please don't light up my Twitter notifications. But uh, yeah, he, uh, <laughs> I don't worry about it. My bourbons have been switched out for margaritas and it's been lovely. Uh, Chris, who was your positive this week? Uh, I'm going to go with Rashawn Gary. Uh, you know, he's, he's been a disruptive force all season and the sacks are starting to show up. He's up to eight and a half. Now he had two against Cleveland. Uh, he's up to eight and a half in the year. I would love to see him hit double digits. He's got to go up against Minnesota and Detroit, you know, to get a sack and a half, but just, you know, that pass rush was consistent all day on uh, here. He was right in the heart of it and he got two sacks. So great to see, you know, it's, it's been a great year for him to shut up the, you know, speaking about people who are calling for busts, and this is why fans are not GMs. Um, you know, Rashawn Gary's career was buried by many, by many a fan. Uh, but this year, he's shown just how valuable he's been. And can you imagine if they can actually get Zadarius Smith back? Um, I, my confidence in that's um, shrinking by the week. But can you imagine that three-headed monster between Preston, Zadarius, and Rashawn? I mean, that's we talk about this every week, but I just I got to say it again. You know, that's that that's a wrecking ball. Um, that's that's a nuclear bomb that they have at his pass rush. Rashawn Gary has figured out pretty much everything that takes to be an edge rusher besides outside containment. And yeah, that's, that's, the, only, that's the only thing, you know, I he he did lose contain a couple of times on you know, and that's why I was a little reluctant to do that. But I mean, you gotta be a pass rusher. You know, getting yeah. getting those sacks, you know, will erase that. But I mean, I would really the outside contained stuff definitely has to be worked on. So I don't want people to think I'm ignoring that. I'm not afraid of calling him an elite pass rusher either. Like I think he has hit elite status with you know the number of pressures, number of sacks. Uh, he's really refined his game. He wins in multiple ways as a pass rusher. Yeah, and then just figure out your rushing lane. You know, stick to it. You know, you're athletic enough and technically sound enough. You can do it without losing contain. It is possible. Um, you know, we'll see. Uh, I, I, don't, I Like you said, I don't feel great about the series coming back. We're still not hearing anything. Uh, I hope he comes back. You know, the good news is if they can get this first round by, that is an awful lot of time to get some of these injured guys back and on track. Uh, so fingers crossed, knock on wood, send some prayers, thoughts and prayers, everything you can do. All good vibes trying to get these guys back. Um, we do have some news updates. It has been a kind of crazy day um, as far as Packers news. Uh, like the other 31 teams, COVID is running rampant. I think they had 100 positive cases across the NFL today. Uh, five players have been based, placed on the COVID list today. Uh, ben Braden, Amari Rogers, Ty Summers, Tipa Naliai, um, and RJ McIntosh off the practice squad. Um, I, think, I think we're going to see more by the time the week's over. I don't think that's a hot take. feels like the next couple of weeks it's going to run rampant across the NFL. Uh, we can only hope and pray that this doesn't impact playoffs. I don't want to see any playoff team, you know, lose a game because, you know, COVID issues. Well, that, you know, that's exactly it. And I hate the whole, you know, I really would hate to see that happen because it's going to spark that godforsaken asterisk debate, you know, the team, somebody's going to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, but, you know, COVID hit, you know, in other ways, this team would have won. And I just, I think those are mindless debates, but, you know, some of this is, it is outside of the team's control. Um, so that's, that's the world we live in, man. It sucks. But, you know, the the, you, the CDC or somehow it was the CDC, but somebody at federal government today said, you know, they're reducing quarantine time from 10 to 5 uh, for vaccinated people. So I think that's going to actually might be for everybody. Uh, came came through just before I we recorded today. But, uh, you know, maybe that maybe that'll help, you know, with depending on, you know, the case. The positive case, uh, the positive tests have to fall on a certain date, but 
that might impact, you know, the protocols that are definitely going to continue to evolve um, as we go into the playoffs. Yep. Only silver lining, you know, is, is you're trying to find any silver lining in this whole mess. Uh, you know, a lot of the Packers, very star key contributors, right? all those players have already tested positive at some point this season. So they likely don't need to be tested until around the Super Bowl or not at all. Um, just something to keep an eye on. Uh, you know, there's enough guys on the roster now that are uh, immunized. I don't mean to use it in that, that context, but, um, you know, enough guys that, you know, you can hopefully you know, make a do if someone goes down the playoffs. You don't, I just don't want to see that. Um, as far as injury updates, you know, LaFleur, you know, we're starting to figure out LaFleur's formula for, you know, what kind of injuries, based on what he's saying, how severe they are. Um, but the updates he provided today, you know, they're still not sure if David Bakhtiar is going to return to practice. Uh, Jair, they're waiting to see if they're going to activate him on Wednesday. I imagine they will. Um, he is practicing, so, you know, you definitely want to see him there. I believe he's out for the year if they don't activate him on Wednesday, correct, Chris? Uh, I believe that is correct. It's either it's I think it's this week because next week with the next week being the last week of the season, uh, I believe that is correct. Yes. Oh boy! All right, that could, that could be interesting. So we'll wait and see there. Um, he did finally give an update on Josh Myers, center who's been down with a knee injury for a while. I uh, think there is a chance that he'll be coming off IR. Uh, would obviously really love to see that. Um, I think it would give the offensive line some much needed depth. Uh, Billy Turner also on a wait and see basis with his knee. Um, I believe their first initial diagnosis, they did not believe it was season, ender, uh, season ending. And this late in the season, that's good news simply because, you know, ideally not too long term. Um, I just, they have not been given very concrete return dates with anyone. And I think for a lot of fans, they're wondering if it's being, you know, like they're being teased. You think, like, maybe you never see Bakhtiari or Jair out there this year. I'm going to actually take the glass half full approach there. And I'm thinking, you know, that. Male floor is probably like, look, these guys, let's get these guys rested. We're, we're doing okay right now. You know, if they lock in the one seed, you know, this week, that's, you know, that would be great to get more rest time. But I'm going to take the approach of they're going to get, I think we see Bakhtiari, Jair, maybe even Billy Turner, Josh Myers. That seems a little more pessimistic on that one. But I think we're going to see them all in the divisional round. Like they're, they're holding them back. Like all of a sudden it's like, boom, you know, here you go. Everybody's back. And the, the rest of the league is just going to be like, oh, shit, you know, here, here they come. I just, I just, I'm hoping that's, you know, I'm probably a little delusional here that there's a little gamesmanship going on, but maybe. <laughs> Lock up the one seed this week and then um, let Bakhtiari, Jair, Zadarius, Josh Myers, Billy Turner, and then the rest of them be the second team guys and just let them shake off some rust and <laughs> just play with the B team. You know, it's really just like a, you know, screw it, let's shake out some rust game. Um, that's my best case scenario. I like that. You know, we can stay positive in that regard. Uh, it's just, you know, all these other teams complaining about injuries. I'm getting real sick of seeing everyone try and give Tampa Bay the benefit of the doubt already with all their injuries happening. It's like, Packers have been dealing with this all year, man. Yeah, it's, uh, that, that's the, it's, the, it's the Brady effect. Um, that skewers narratives in so many ways. It's not even funny. <laughs> All I'm thinking about is that Gordon Ramsay meme. It's like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with injuries. Like, oh, no, you poor baby. And then the Packers, you freaking donkey. That's all <laughs> I can think about. Yeah, I could, yeah. Oh, man, I would love to see somebody call Tom Brady a donkey. <laughs> I don't have anything for Gold Rush this week. The only thing I have as far as who to root for this week, obviously root for the Packers winning against the Minnesota Vikings. 
and root for the Arizona Cardinals to beat the Dallas Cowboys. If only those two things happen, the Packers have clinched to the one seed, which is pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah, a week early. I mean, I think Green Bay would be able to take care of business against Detroit, but Dan Campbell has got that team looking so much better. Um, so shout out to him. It's actually good to see. They've actually been, you know, when they beat up Arizona, they've looked, you know, they've looked competent a little bit. So I think, you know, good, good for them. I'm happy to see that after being a punched bag for most of the season. Um, but other than that, yeah, I mean, as far as teams, Dallas does concern me a little bit. Um, you know, where I was positive before, I could be a little negative. I'm like, you know, after all this, you know, seeing McCarthy going into Lambeau, is that the way this season would end? You know, I'm like, was that really all oh, this could, that, that, that would hurt. I mean, but at the same time, I'm still a big Mike McCarthy fan. Uh, just that his time needed to end in Green Bay. I think he knows it now. Everybody knows it. Um, but Mike's such a good guy. He represented the franchise so well, class act, that I just do want to say I am actually very happy to, to see them, to see him doing well in Dallas. So. Um, well done, Mike. And maybe, maybe they'll see him in the playoffs. I think the narrative would be crazy, but God, I don't, I don't want to see the season end that way. That would hurt. From a pure downside perspective, I couldn't take a Cowboys playoff game. Uh, a, a loss to Mike McCarthy. I don't know if I'd ever recover as a football fan. Maybe I'd have to swear it off. Maybe I'd have to retire from writing. Uh, there's a lot of possibilities there, uh, but I will say that it feels like the team I'm afraid of every week changes, right? You know, Tampa Bay a few weeks ago, then San Francisco started heating up, and then I was like, oh, yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo exists. But now, I mean, after watching that shellacking, I get that Washington – does Washington qualify as a poverty franchise? I have called them as a poverty franchise, yes. Okay. Um, okay. And, you know, we saw that – we saw the fight on the sideline. That just that just ingrained it even further. And it's a poverty franchise now because I, I love Ron Rivera. I really do. Fantastic guy. Yeah. I, they're a poverty franchise because their owner is an imbecile. Um. And he's a cruel imbecile to boot. Um, so that's that's just to be clear on where we stand on that. It's not about Ron Rivera. It's about their um, James Bond cartoon level stupid owner in Daniel Snyder. Yeah, well, I just think of Dallas. I you know I offense aside, you know, I wouldn't want to face Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, and Randy Gregory as a pass rush. I think I think chipping one guy when you're playing like a uh, Nick Bosa or a Miles Garrett, you know, you can work with that. But when you have three guys, I mean, oof. And Micah Parsons, in my eyes, not only is he defensive rookie of the year, without question in my eyes, he's defensive player of the year. Oh, absolutely. And that's, you know, that's why I'm glad everybody realizes that. I mean, had this had this performance not happened, I think Stokes might have a slight case. Um, you know, he would at least be in the conversation. But, you know, I think Micah Parsons, hands down, gets both, which for a rookie is uh, phenomenal. Uh, shout out to Dan Quinn for that. He, boy, talk about a home run hire there. I mean, that defense went from the outhouse to the penthouse. And I, I wonder if Quinn's going to be head coach already again next year. I've always liked Dan Quinn. I, I, I mean, I loved the way they ran defense in Seattle. You know, we, I have my own personal issues to deal with with the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, but what, from a schematic standpoint, watching how his defense is operated, always enjoyed. Um, we'll see. You know, they can play anyone. That's kind of the beauty of it. So I'm very much looking forward to it. Let's get that one seed because it's always the most stressful time of the year. You know, having a week off to watch playoff games actually sounds quite lovely, don't you think? Oh, I, I mean, last year, the, that was actually a fun weekend of football. Knowing you, knowing the Packers had the bye, you know, you got with an extra team, now you got this super wild card weekend. You know, you got three three games each day. Um, I think that's that was that was a lot of fun. And I, that's the only good thing I like about this new format is the wild card weekend. But 
my feelings on that probably would change if Green Bay didn't get the number one seed. Uh, is, is there a chance they play someone that plays a Monday game too? I don't know how that works because uh, I don't know if it's an AFC or NFC matchup. I don't know if the NFL's actually unveiled that schedule yet. I'm imagining that's probably going to come out soon. Probably, I mean, at the absolute latest, I think it would have to be next week, you know, as we go into week 18. But uh, don't know. That'll, that's definitely something to watch, though. For the record, I think that's the stupidest thing ever, uh, giving someone a huge competitive disadvantage by playing this day later. But anyway, well, that's an entire other yeah. podcast. We can talk <laughs> yeah, that um, the NFL. Yeah, you're right. I'll shut up. <laughs> well, from Chris and myself, we appreciate you guys listening. Again, apologies about the audio quality while I'm in Florida. So let me relax, damn it. You know, it's, it's been a long year, guys. It's 2021. We're sending it off finally. Uh, I hope you guys all have a have very happy new year. Hope you had a great holiday weekend uh, from Chris and myself. We love gold. My voice doesn't feel great, so I'm not going to do the voice. Unless, Chris, you want to give yeah, it a try? My my voice is shot, too. Um, okay. <laughs> I Yeah, I, I – no. We just – yeah. We love gold. We love <laughs> gold. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah, right. that, that, yeah. <laughs>